So, we're in the middle of talking about the Tzamaq Tzadik saying Hasidis, people visiting Lubavitch. Now, because of the many accusations that were made against him by his opponents, and the government started to watch the Tzamaq Tzadik, surveillance, like the FBI, watching him, but the Russian forces. But there were times that the Rebbe couldn't say a mimer for months. Um, we're going we're gonna to read a whole story later in the year. There was one of the Hasidim, Reb Chaim Yeshua, was caught rescuing Jewish boys, the Cantonists, from, from their homes. And the Maskilim informed the government that it was the Rebbe was the one who told them to do it. And even though the government re- realized that it wasn't the Rebbe who did it, I mean, it probably it was, but they never found, they couldn't find any evidence. Um, so the government sent people to live in Lubavitch to watch every move and record every word that the Rebbe said in public. And for months, the Rebbe wouldn't say a mimer. There were many years that the Rebbe was either under unofficial house arrest, meaning that we didn't say you're arrested, but if you go anywhere, we're going to be following you wherever you go. Um, or he was under surveillance wherever he went. Surveillance. surveillance means that they're watching him. And throughout that time, again, there were months that, forget about the Rebbe not saying a mimer, there were times that nobody could walk into the Rebbe's house. Now, in addition to the government's presence, there were also a strong concern that Maskilim would send a spy to Lubavitch. And this taka happened in 1840. It was a guy, Lipman Feldman, very rich yid, settled in Lubavitch, and he opened a very successful business over there. And he and his wife were known to be extremely generous Baalei Tzedakah, and they were always involved in helping people. Because of this, they were able to hear about everyone's problems and advice they were receiving from the Rebbe and, and the leading Hasidim. This, so this guy, Lipman, he also participated in every Fabrengen. So he knew everything that's going on. He hears the Rebbe's traveling here, the Rebbe's going here. And nevertheless, after a few years of constantly hearing the Hasidim sighing by all the Fabrengans, oh, it's so terrible, the Rebbe doesn't want to get involved. Uh, especially if it involves the government, the Rebbe doesn't want to get involved. So he, he finished off thinking that that was the truth and he moved away. Really, he was a spy. And he was living there for a long time. Uh, now, because of this pressure and fear, so again, there were times that the Rebbe wouldn't say a mimer or accept anyone in Yechidus for long periods of time. So, the problem was that how is a Chassid who lives hundreds of miles from Lubavitch, how exactly is he supposed to know when the Rebbe is going to be saying a mimer? He might make the whole trip to Lubavitch, he'll get there, and, and El Fina, the Rebbe is not saying Chassidus. Now, how is he supposed to know if the Rebbe is saying Chassidus or not? Now, imagine how happy a Chassid must have felt. He finally put together enough money to be able to make the trip. And, and there, there were so many Chassidim who were so poor that they, forget about, they traveled the whole thing on foot. They couldn't afford a horse and wagon or a horse. And walking all those miles took weeks. But they're, why, they were excited as they went because we said, oh, we're going to go. We're going to hear Hasidis from the Rebbe. We're going we're to get a Yechidus with the Rebbe. And finally, the, the, uh, now w- what happened was, 
Right, the trip would usually begin with a few Hasidim setting out from a town. We went through this before. And as they traveled through different towns, more and more people joined up with the group. Until finally, you had a massive group show up. And along the way, they would tell each other stories of the Rebbe, discuss an important thing that was connected to the Rebbe. And those who were able to would review my marim of the Rebbe. And they all saying, of course, Hasidish and the Gunim as they're walking. And one of the very famous songs that they would sing. This song goes to the, from, is from the Hasidim of the Mikla Rebbe, actually. Was, Right, so literally it means, don't worry young people about what's going to be, become of us. We're going to go to the Kretschme, we're going to go to the Rebbe, and we're going to find Mashkir there to drink, meaning we're going to find Hasidis. Um, Right, so don't worry about anything. We'll come to the Rebbe. He'll take care of us. And when everything went as planned, the Hasidim were so happy. But imagine they show up and nothing. The Rebbe's not saying my marim. They're so sad and depressed and they're so bothered. They spend so much money. They spend so much time coming here. They're not, they're not going to see the Rebbe in Yechidus. The Rebbe's not going to say a mimer. So we actually did this story in the Hill of Paratra book, right? That... That uh, they, they, they went to the pillow parcher and the pillow parcher said, Look, why does it say by Dayenus? We say, If we would have come to our Sinai but we didn't get the Torah, Dayenu, it would have been enough. And, and um, they, they, he said, Because the, the Yidden said it would have been enough just to be in the presence of the glory of our Sinai, even if we wouldn't get the Torah. So, to over here, it's enough for you that you came to Labavish. Just to be next to the Rebbe. You, you see the Rebbe by davening. You daven with the Rebbe. That should be enough for you. There was a time. Uh, once the, the Tamach Sadiq informed uh, the Hasidim. He said for the next few months. He's not saying any maimarim. He's not giving a chiddus to anyone. And therefore there's no reason for any chassid to come to Lubavitch. And he finished off. He's saying no one should come. Now, the reason is obviously because he was being watched and he knew that. So he didn't want anyone coming to Lubavitch. A few weeks later, a very chassid shows up in Lubavitch and the Rebbe sees him. He goes to the chassid, he goes, what are you doing here? Didn't you hear that I'm not going to be saying chassidus? And the chassid says, yes, I heard. Are you also aware that I'm not giving a chidus to anyone? Yes, I heard that too. So why, may I ask, this is what the Rebbe is asking this chassid. Why did you make this long journey to Lubavitch? And the chassid said, I came for only one reason. I wanted to see how the Rebbe is feeling. Is everything all right? And the Tzemach Sedek um, was, was so happy that that response, and he said the word, Hechi Yusuni, that you, you, you gave me life. He made, he, this chassid made the Rebbe happy. He didn't come to your chassidus. He didn't come to your maimer. He didn't come to be in yichidus. I just came to see how the Rebbe is doing. That's it. However, not every chassid is able to make the trip to Lubavitch. And even those who did make the journey, how often are they going? Once every three years? Once every four years? So the Rebbe himself would journey to many cities and towns. He would make himself available to the chassidim. And he would say, my marm for them, accept them in yichidus. They could ask for a bracha, for guidance, advice, and whatever they needed. However, 
as the, his community work took up more and more of the Rebbe's time, especially later when the Rebbe's health began to weaken, that Tzemach said they couldn't travel to Chassidim as often as he wished. He had to stop traveling as much. And once again, who was able to help him? He had his sons, who each one of them was a tremendous tzaddik on their own. And he would instruct them that they should travel to all the areas, sometimes for months at a time. The Rebbe's sons would disappear, and they would go travel to these ten towns. And in each community they visited, they uplifted them, they guided the Hasidim. However, the Rebbe knew that many Hasidim would not be fully satisfied to hear a review of my marm. Even if it was from a son of the Rebbe himself, they didn't just want Hasidis, they wanted a Yechidus. The Rebbe therefore taught his sons the muhus, the essence, explaining the deep idea what is behind a Yechidus. And he showed them how you're supposed to act in Yechidus as a Rebbe. And he basically gave his sons the ability to accept people in Yechidus. Something that no one else was able to do. You can't just, I can't just wake up one day and as much Hasidus as I know, I can't just say, all right, everyone, I'm, if anyone's interested, I'm taking people in Yechidus. doesn't work like that. The Rebbe gave them the Koyach to accept people in Yechidus. Now, once this became known, many more communities sent letters to the Rebbe saying, could you send one of your sons to our community over here, over there, over there? And the Rebbe agreed. And this spread the influence of the Tzemach Sadek spread in every single town and city throughout the area. And we'll continue tomorrow.